Okay, but we are going to jump right in the message here. Uh, We're talking about hearing the voice of God today, all right? So uh, let me give you a little context of what we've been doing lately. We are on, I think this week, three or four of a series we titled Prioritizing His Presence. Everybody say that phrase. Say, Prioritizing His Presence. All right, I want to settle in for a second. This is intentionally how we decided to start off 2024 with this series. This kind of stems out of something a little broader that uh, me and the staff and some of our leaders were uh, hearing from the Lord that in 2024, he wanted to repair our brokenness through two things. One, prioritizing the presence of God, but also two, through obedience to the word of God. And uh, I've shared that phrase a couple weeks ago. If y'all want to listen to more in-depth explanation of what we would call the word of the Lord for 2024, then uh, you can go to our podcast and listen to that from a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, we just, Isaiah 61 has been sticking out to us. Some of you are familiar with that passage where Jesus, in a sense, it's the anointing of Jesus, what I like to call it. And it says that he is anointed to bring good news to the poor, to bind up or to heal the brokenhearted to bring freedom to the captives, opening of prison doors to those who are bound, and to to declare the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Isn't that great news? I mean, uh, we need freedom? Yes. We need healing in our broken places? Yes. And that's what Jesus loves to do. And uh, so first things first, we want to prioritize the presence of God. And so we've been talking about what does it look like to, of course, one, like, what if this was your highest priority in 2024, that you were, were committed, like you made a goal, you made an aim by the grace of God that I am going to make this not a side thing, but I am going to make sure my life is honestly even defined by getting with God, being with my Father. So many scriptures, old and new, where it talks about just the, the glory of the invitation to be alone with the Father. This is the greatest place where you will come alive is when you are with God. Now, he is always with us. Amen? You guys remember that? One of the last promises of Jesus before he ascended? He's always with us. Okay, but there is this place of not just casually, oh yeah, you know, he's around. It's this intentional place of acknowledging his presence, stilling ourselves, carving out time to go deeper with him, be intentional, to seek him. The Bible says a lot, that word seek which implies a lot of intentionality, in a sense, on our end. And so I would love for this, and this looks like our personal times with God, but it also looks like settings like this, where we're gathered with the people of God. Uh, I think next week I'm going to preach about the the beauty and the benefits of being together in God's presence, which is different than being alone in God's presence. And it's it's both and throughout Scripture, and uh, it's not one or the other. It's not, I like this, but I don't like that. It's, we like the Word of God. (laughs) We're going to do what it says. And um, there's something beautiful about this expression. But, um, but anyways, my, my number one, uh, one of my number one prayers through this year is that each of us would have consistent and enjoyable, consistent and enjoyable times with the Lord in 2024. All right? Anybody had some measure of consistent or enjoyable times with God this year? Yeah? Any of you? Okay, great. All right. If you haven't, that's fine. I'm going to start praying for you now even more than I have been praying. And I um, believe God's going to help us and stir that hunger for more of him. There's a lot of things we can chase after in this life. You guys know that? A lot of things we can pursue. I just want to submit to you that the greatest thing to pursue is the Lord and being in his presence. Amen? Let me Actually, let me pray that over us right now. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, would you and your presence and being with you be our top priority this year? Lord, we just ask you for it simply. And 
we, it's fine to desire and want other things, Lord, but we just don't want anything, we don't want to want anything more than you. And I pray for consistent and enjoyable times with you in 2024, and it's just become a rhythm, a norm. It's not a burden, it's not religion, it's not just a duty or a discipline, but Lord, it's a delight to be with you. I pray as we're reading your word, as we're worshiping, as we're praying, we feel connected to you, God, and that you're changing us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, hearing the voice of God. Hey, question. If it's true that God still speaks today, would any of you guys like to hear him? <laughs> a few excited people over there. Amen. Um, well, I'm going to, it's going to be a little, uh, I guess I'll call it teachy this morning, and I want to practically coach you on this uh, topic, look at several scriptures, but also, like, in a sense, teach you how to hear God's voice. Now, listen, this topic is an absolute game changer in your walk with God. I think hearing God's voice definitely, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, definitely takes like a relationship with God, kind of interacting with him on the basis of just like good principles. It takes it from principle to like a person, like I'm interacting with a real person. And listen, listen, our faith, our walk with Jesus is with a real person, not an idea, not a principle, not good morals. You have a relationship with a person if you're a follower of Jesus. You tracking with me? I know it's simple, <laughs> but it is mind-blowing if you let it sink in. We are, we, we are t- as a real person, we're going to see him face-to-face one day. Oh, is anybody else excited about that besides me? Oh, I just, I literally, I just, in times of the Lord, often I imagine, like, what is that moment going to look like? You know, I think less about what I'm going to say or he's going to say. I just think about just an embrace and, and just weeping in his presence. And, and it's like this Jesus we talk about all the time, we sing about in faith, I don't, th- I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen him, but uh, probably not. Um, but if you have, let me know. Um, but we're going we're gonna to see him. Face, our faith will become sight. And um, when, man, this is one of my prayers I started praying, and this desire erupted the last few years, is when I am seeing him face to face, I don't want a, hey, good to meet you. It's an embrace of my best friend the one I've been walking with so closely. He's been walking with me, carrying me, honestly, is the best way to say it. He's been carrying me for so many years. And I just finally get to be in his presence face to face. This topic of disciplining ourselves to stop, be still, and listen to hear his voice is an absolute game changer to your friendship with the Lord and your walk with the Lord, which I believe most of you guys in this room really want. Now, there's definitely some concern around this topic. Um, such as, well, I mean, how do you know if it's God, if you're hearing something? How do you know? I don't want to make something up. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to believe lies. I don't, you know, and that concern is totally valid. And in a sense, there's unfortunately been some abuse around this topic of people going around saying, I hear God, I hear God, I hear God, and then begin to lead people astray. So let me just comment on that concern, and it's so, so simple. If you're concerned for yourself, I'll say it this way. If you are faithful to anchor yourself in the word of God, you do not need to be afraid of approaching the topic of hearing his voice. Because one, I'm about to get into it. If you're reading this, you're already hearing his voice. <laughs> okay. Now, and listen, if this is all we had in the context of hearing God, and the only application of that in 2024 is that we read the Bible and we understand it, honestly, that's awesome. That's enough. I'm so glad we have the Bible. Anybody else? I'm so thankful that this is filled with revelation of who God is and that we have a chance to know him, not just guess of what he's like. But tested scripture throughout generations that has been proven true and faithful. Yet, 
there's more. <laughs> yet there's more. And uh, so that's the first comment on that concern. And uh, it reminds me of this um, uh, story I heard recently, a testimony of another pastor. He um, was meeting for lunch with a guy who leads a dream interpretation team. Yeah, we don't have one of those here, but I mean, maybe one day, who knows? So let me just let me just make sure we're all on the same page. If you're concerned about, you know, crazy charismatic things, I mean, that's a great example of what? <laughs> dream interpretation team? I know. So this pastor that I actually know, he was having lunch with this guy and he shared that in a sense, like he had a lot of judgments, a lot of concerns, like, okay, this guy probably is a little cuckoo out there, probably doesn't know the Bible very much. In anyways, this pastor was very humbled when he met with this old, wise PhD man <laughs> um, about his depth of love for the Word of God and his knowledge for the Word of God. And he even said, hey, this team I have, Dream Interpretation, you're not allowed on the team unless you read through the Bible three or four times a year. And the guy was like, what? I, I'm a pastor and I don't do that. <laughs> I teach the Word of God and I don't do that. And it's awesome. I just like, uh, you know, burst the bubble of what we expect from certain quote unquote camps. But I just love there is a commitment ever increasing in the body of Christ, even in the quote unquote charismatic world where, man, growing commitment to the word of God and just letting it wash over us, renew us. And, and the reason that he has that rule is because, you know, when it comes to something like dream interpretation, which is totally biblical, if you really read the Bible, it's just new for a lot of us. He's like, I don't want us being interpreting things just on our best ideas or our emotions because it is easy for any of us to just misinterpret something and get kind of off. Because I want to be steeped in the word of God as we're attempting to interpret these things God might be speaking. I love that. It's so great. And the last thing I want to say before I, I give you another resource that we'll be tracking through the rest of the sermon is I, I want to comment on the fact that when it comes to hearing the voice of God, oftentimes there is a very big lie that a lot of us struggle with. And I struggle with this too. And here's the lie. I can't hear God's voice. Or he doesn't speak to me. And I want to just comment that, one, it's a lie. <laughs> you can hear God's voice. John 10, 27. Here's a simple phrase that Jesus said that I just love. And if you, if you just let it be received simply, it's so encouraging. John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep, he's a shepherd, you know, we're his sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Amazing, amazing, amazing promise from Jesus and truth from Jesus. And this morning, here's what I'm hopeful for, is that those of you that struggle with that lie, and again, I'm in that camp with you, is that we walk out of here believing, maybe for the first time, believing that God can speak to us. But then, on top of that, I'm also praying that some of you hear the voice of God for the first time this morning. And you're like confident, like, oh my gosh, God spoke to me. No way. Now, if you're like, well, you know, God's too busy. How could he have time to talk to me? This poor little me. How can he speak? I mean, I'm just, I'm a nobody. How can God talk to me? He doesn't even, like, care that much. I mean, I see him caring about big things in the world, you know, like wars and things going on in the Middle East and, you know, whatever example that you want to put, you know, oh, I can see God speaking to, you know, pastors and leaders that, in a sense, have a responsibility to communicate the word of God. But why, why me? He's not even time for me. He didn't even think about me that much. I mean, maybe a little bit because the Bible says he does, but let me, let me show you something. This is so cool. Psalm 139, it'll be on the screen. 
Just a little one-liner about God's thoughts, and I got on this, what I thought was a fun tangent uh, this morning as I was praying and preparing, and I just want, I want to take you on my tangent, because it, it was helpful for me. If it's not for you, then don't tell me. Um, so, <laughs> verse 17 of Psalm 139 says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. Some translations say, how precious are your thoughts toward me, but I'm not even going to go there. Let's just talk about God has thoughts. Okay? How precious are your thoughts, O God? How vast is the sum of them? If I could count them, they are more than the sand. Don't forget that phrase. They are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. So let me talk about this just for a second. You guys know how many grains of sand are on the earth? I mean, you could Google it in three seconds and figure it out. But <laughs> so it's like, it's not, it's not even like a real number. So it's like, it's so vast. An, an example that I heard somebody say is you take one of those red Solo cups and just scoop up some sand. Like in just that cup, there's like 2.5 million little grains of sand in just one little red Solo cup. Okay. So multiply that out by all the sand that's in the world. According to this verse, it says that they are, God's thoughts are more than the sand, than the sand on the sea, sand on the shore. They're more than that. It reminds me of another verse in Isaiah, I think it's 40, that talks about how God knows all the stars by name. He can count them. You guys know how many stars there are? Okay, this is where I'm going on my tangent. I'm going to take you there for a second. Because this has to do with, like, God's ability to speak to his people specific and individual things. God is so vast, he can have so many thoughts all at the same time. So according to my quick Google search, you know how many stars there are? 200 billion trillion stars. It's a lot. You, like, I tried to type it into my calculator for what I'm about to do, and it didn't really work, but I, I figured something out. I used to be a math teacher. So listen to this. In the context of hearing God's voice and the fact that does he have thoughts that, like, could actually be directed toward me? Is he, you know, I'm so small. He's, is it possible? Look at this. So I took that number, 200 billion trillion, and divided it by about eight or so billion people on the earth. And what that means is that God could have 25 trillion thoughts per person on the planet in their given lifetime, 25 trillion, which means on an average of about, you know, 80 years of life, that means that God could have about 312.5 billion thoughts toward you per year, which means that God could potentially have 856,164,383.6 thoughts of you per day. My handwriting is getting smaller. Hold on. <laughs> Where are my glasses? How old am I? Which means God could have 35.7 million thoughts about you per hour. 594.5 thousand thoughts per minute and 9,909.3 thoughts about you per second. That was awesome to me. It's like, I mean, and, and as I'm just standing here, seconds are going by. And so when I pause and I say, God, is there anything you want to tell me? 
there's probably something he's thinking. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. God can speak to us, and he loves you, and he knows you, and he is so much more vast and big, yet so personal. It's just, he's so good. How precious are his thoughts to us. They're more vast than the sand on the sea. It's amazing. So let me dive into a little bit more of just biblical teaching on this. I hope it'll be helpful. There is a QR code that's going to pop up on the screen. I would encourage everybody to go ahead and scan this because the rest of my time, I'm going to literally just go over this resource. And um, it's just a one-page deal, different topics I want to address and things I want to pull out. And so go ahead and pull that up. You can uh, keep your phones open so that you can um, kind of follow along with me. But it's a resource on hearing the voice of God. Not working. It's all right. What does it? What does it do? Ah, that's all right. Oh yeah, type it. Type it. There you go. Remember that typing. <laughs> oh man, that is funny. <clears throat> so uh, go to our website and then go to the uh, downloads page and scroll down and you'll find a. Uh, I think PDF or something that is titled Hearing the Voice of God. If anyone's got it, say, I got it. All right. If you're not there, say, I'm not there. (laughs) All right. If you're having trouble with it, that's fine. Just this is a great, I think, helpful resource and gives you a lot of scripture to dive into this topic more thoroughly because um, in a, you know 20 minutes left of my message, not going to cover the vastness of this topic. But um, what I do on this resource is kind of break down some common questions about hearing the voice of God. And the first one I've kind of already addressed, but the question is, does God still speak today? And there is an answer to that question. And the answer is yes. He does still speak today. And I give several examples on that first paragraph there that he speaks. I mean, he spoke the world into existence. He spoke through the life of Jesus. He spoke when Jesus was baptized and he spoke identity over him. Okay, he spoke some very specifics to the church that met in the city of Antioch in Acts chapter 13, about setting apart a few people for a missionary experience. And so you see these examples all throughout Scripture of some specific, also some big things that he spoke. But here is the, the clear takeaway from Scripture is that God speaks. There's no way to look at the Bible and, and conclude that God doesn't speak. But let me add to that. The clear takeaway from church history the last 2,000 years is that God still speaks. And the clear conclusion of the church today, even in the most conservative circles and camps that you could imagine, the conclusion is still that God speaks today, which should let all of us just be free to know that God can speak. It's amazing. Now, some people would say it differently based on what church you go to, what kind of denomination you're a part of, and that's totally fine. Some people will say, God spoke to me. Okay, some people will say, I had this interesting thought. And they start to share something. Or they might say, I had this picture come to my mind. Or someone might say, I think God might have potentially maybe said something to me. <laughs> you know, all these qualifiers. It's all these different ways of saying, like, God's, or, or even, you know, God put this on my heart. 
or I felt convicted by something when I was reading the word. All of those are versions of God speaking to you or speaking to us. It's amazing. So he speaks today. The next question, if you're following along on that resource, is who does God speak to? There's a long list of people that I put on there. He speaks to his sons and his daughters. He speaks to prophets. He spoke to his son, kings. He spoke to a persecutor of the church in Acts. He spoke to his faithful followers, leaders in the church, three wise men looking for a baby. He's, <laughs> he has spoken to a lot of people. And in summary, who does God speak to? He speaks to anyone he wants to. I would say even more specifically, he's speaking to those that are listening to him, to those that are listening. And as I've already kind of built the foundation of this message, I want you to know again that God can speak to you. Once you look at your neighbor, tell somebody that God can speak to you. Go ahead, tell them. God can speak to you. All right, wait, tell somebody else. Say, God can speak to me. Come on, say it like you believe it. It's helpful for you. You can. He so can. Now, how does God speak to us? That's another question there if you're tracking with this resource. How does he speak to us? I've already addressed this, but I think the, the best, most foundational way to think about this question is he speaks to us through his word. And let me take that up a, another notch. It's not just, I mean, if you literally just read it in an intellectual way, God's speaking to you. But beyond that, oftentimes, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but if you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden you feel this ouch <laughs> in your soul, spirit, heart, God is speaking to you. Maybe there's something he's convicting you of. Or not, not an ouch, but maybe you're reading something and you're like, whoa, that's God speaking to you. If you have simple understanding, like cognitive like a, ability to understand what you're reading when you read the Bible, God is speaking to you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, there's more. Okay, how else does God speak to you? Now, you see lots of this throughout uh, Scripture of God audibly speaking where people actually hear something with their ears. I've heard a few testimonies of that um, you know, in today's age, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but there's another voice of God that's more intuitive or on the inside, this impressions that we can get. How else does God speak? He speaks through his people. Someone comes up to you and prays for you and says, hey, I feel like God might be highlighting blank. And then it really resonates with you and it really touches you. You're like, thank you. God is speaking to you through another person. Has anyone ever experienced something like that before in your life? We can about half you guys. Great. Or this morning, it's like this waiting on God thing, or he makes everything beautiful in this time. It's a version of God speaking. Like he knows what you're going through, and he's speaking to you. Okay, he can speak through dreams. He can speak through visions. Um, he can speak through um, life events. Actually, let me comment on the dream thing. I mean, this is a clear prophecy in Acts chapter 2, which is taken from Joel chapter 2, but it talks about God will part his spirit, and then people will have dreams and visions. I always think about the story of uh, Joseph, uh, married to, uh, Mary, and in this process of the Lord convincing Joseph that this was really from God, God spoke to Joseph through several dreams. Like, like every other page in the first couple, you know, Gospels of, of Matthew and of Luke, it's like Joseph had a dream and another dream and another dream. I think he had like four. I'm like, wow, that's a lot, man. Um, so God speaks through dreams. Hey, how many of you guys have ever had a dream that you think maybe God was potentially trying to communicate something to you and at least encouraged you? Any of you guys? Okay, great. And he can speak through life events. He can speak through circumstances. 
He can speak through maybe kind of what I call checks in your spirit of like, ooh, maybe we're not supposed to do that. Or, hey, maybe I should do that. He speaks through doors that get open and doors that don't get open or doors that are shut. He speaks through your imagination or pictures in your mind. He speaks through general ideas or downloads of different things. He speaks in our, when we're trying to make decisions, he speaks. I think the goal of us is to listen. Even a couple examples from my life, I remember, you know, oftentimes when you get to a season where you're trying to make a bigger decision, like we really need to hear God's voice. <laughs> and oftentimes, honestly, what I love to tell people, I told somebody this earlier this week, if you're trying to make a big decision, like don't put all the pressure on yourself to hear God exactly right. Because the reality is, if you are s- simply faithful to obey the instructions of Scripture, and no matter what decision, move here, or go there, or take this job, or don't take this job. Like, if you are faithful to obey God's word, be in his presence, reject sin, live in community, do the basics of faithful living and following Jesus, you're going to be okay. No matter what decision you make, okay, you're going to be okay. That, so it's like if I, if I take this job and move to this city, whether or not I heard God correctly, I'm still going to show up to that city, and I'm going to be faithful to Jesus. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to surround myself with community. I'm not going to compromise and s- with sin in my life. I'm going to re- reject it. Anytime I stumble, I'm repenting. I'm confessing. You know, it's like we're, we're living in the light, okay? And it, you can have confidence that God is with you, and he'll redirect you if maybe he did want you to go a different way. A lot of us struggle with this, like, kind of, I don't know, I guess condemnation or this fear of, am I doing it right? Am I hearing God? Or, like, like he's about to just smite you if you accidentally mishear him. You know what he cares more about is your pure intentions. If you got malintent in your heart and you're trying to scheme your way to get to the top of some ladder, you need to repent right now, <laughs> today. Go ahead and come on up right now. Actually, just kidding. Uh, you need, we need to repent and take that seriously, but... I would hope that most of us have a, have a genuine, pure heart. We want to follow him. We want to love people. And if that is your heart, then, and you're trying to hear God on decisions you're making, he's going to lead you faithfully, gently. I think about when I graduated, uh, I was about to graduate college. I was trying to figure out what to do and where to go. And, and I was talking to God a lot about it. And this was like over a several week span of time. And the best that I heard was God wanted me to stay in the city that I was living in. I did not have a job lined up. I did have a beautiful girlfriend uh, <laughs> that lived there. That was probably a big part of the picture. Uh, and, um, but I was serious because I like, I mean, it's great that I have a girlfriend, but if I can't pay for my girlfriend, then, and then without a job, it's like uh, I got to do something. So I didn't have a job lined up, but I just like, Lord, I trust you. And I made the decision I'm going to stay. And so I kind of had a few, in a sense, backup plans if the doors didn't open. But praise God, a few doors opened and I got a job as a teacher. And um, so, so, so great. And the Lord was so faithful to confirm that, yeah, this was totally his will that I stayed in this city for a little bit longer. And even uh, like the process of getting this building, uh, some of you guys, especially those who are on staff or part of the core team a couple years ago in this process, some of y'all know like this was not an easy process. It, it was like hard. We had a lot of shut doors, but we kept listening to God and we felt like he was prompting us to move forward. And he confirmed it. And I'm so thankful for that. And so there's just elements of listening to God through decisions that we're making, all right? A couple more things, then I'll have the band come up. This is where I'm going to try to teach you, okay, how to practically listen to God's voice. You can do this literally every single day, and it is not that complicated, so please don't overcomplicate what I'm about to teach you, and you'll have time at the end of today to practice this. 
So how do I practically listen to God's voice? Okay, first, I teach this to my children all the time. If you're, if you're listening, it means you're not talking. <laughs> okay, parents, amen, anybody? All right. <laughs> it's like, just be quiet. <laughs> listen to your brother. He's trying to say something. Um, or I didn't hear you, Mom. I know, because you were talking. All right, so, so we need to stop talking, step one, okay? Uh, being still or silent, I, I think often about Psalm 4610, which will be on the screen, but you'll love this verse. It's just hard to practice. It says, be still and know that I am God. It goes on to say, I'll be exalted among the nations and all the earth. Be still and know. And so this, let me comment on this, it's really harder than we think because, you know, our digital age, social media, just things like, because we're on this so much, this is like an iPhone 1, by the way, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, it fills our mind with so much distraction that even when we like put it away for a second and try to step away from it, our mind is just rolling, rolling, rolling. And oftentimes this becomes almost like a drug to us where when we are not entertained by something, we start to feel anxious until something else fills my mind and my attention. And here, here's the deal, church. Here's the deal. We're supposed to be different than the world. Okay? I'm not saying we're better than, holier than thou, but we must learn to be still, qu have quiet in our soul. Now, the reality is, it's okay, I'll say it this way, that anxiety rises up in us, okay? But we just don't want to feed that with the same thing we've been feeding it with for years. We want to bring that anxiety to God. 1 Peter 5, 6 or 7 says, cast your anxieties, your cares upon God. You can literally tell them if you're trying to be still, God, I just, I don't feel still. I feel anxious. And you begin to talk to God about that. Okay, so in order to be still and be quiet to hear God's voice, oftentimes we've got to get the clutter out of the way. So I'm teaching you how to, in a sense, unclutter your mind and your soul. Oftentimes, pull out a journal and just write down, God, I feel anxious about this. I'm, I'm thinking about this. Write it all down so it's out of your mind and on paper, and it can help clear the way for you to finally feel like you can sit there, even if it's just five seconds. You know, some of us, like, you'll come alive today if you just try to sit still for five seconds without, like, thinking about a million different things and in that stillness in that quietness oftentimes that is the place where god loves to speak to his children okay so that's uh, here's a challenge this week do that at least once this week honestly try it every day start small start with five or ten seconds of just oh, lord here i am that was eight seconds <laughs> It felt long, didn't it? <laughs> okay, it was eight seconds. You can do that, right? All right. Okay, and in that stillness, you're, in, you're focusing your mind on the Lord. You can say these little phrases of, God, here I am. Anything you want to speak to me, Lord. And again, just be still, be quiet. You can ask even more specific questions. You can say things like, God, what do you want to tell me right now? Or, hey, ask simple yes or no questions because it builds up confidence over time. Here's a simple one that I go to often. Lord, do you love me? 
Mm. <laughs> wow, that'd be kind of cool to have you guys kind of in my quiet time, just mm, when I ask a good question. <laughs> uh, so that'd be funny. You know, and I'm like, you know, I, conc- I know the answer, but I, when I pause to wait for the answer, it hits me a different way, you know? And it affects me deeper. Instead of just, I know he loves me, I know he loves me, you know, just go about my life. Like, Lord, do you really love me? And here's the deal. Here's a couple examples of ways that God speaks to me. I have in my mind the word yes. <laughs> there's one. Also, just a second ago when I did that, I started thinking of a scripture. I think it's Romans uh, 5, verse 8. Um, while we were still sinners, you know, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Okay, so that scripture, I didn't plan it. It's not, it's not anywhere. It just kind of popped into my brain when I asked, Lord, do you love me? And he's reminding me of just truth, yeah. you know? And I, so you can start thinking about the cross. Like, oh, yeah, he loves me. Is that making sense? Awesome. Okay, another encouragement is to um, write down anything that comes to your mind in a journal. And just simple phrases go a long, long, long way. And this is something to learn and to grow in over time. And so it might start small with just little phrases, but sometimes I'm like talking to God about something and it's a bigger deal. And I just say, Lord, help me. And then I'll pick up my pen and say, Lord, take over this pen. What do you want to tell me about blank situation? And then I just start writing the things that come to my mind. You know, the one phrase turns into two sentences. And then I'll tell you in just a second, how do I know if that's God or not? I'm about to tell you. So if you're following with the resource, this is the last question. Ben, go ahead and come on up. <clears throat> so if you're following along in that resource, that last question there is, when you feel like you hear something, how can you know it's truly God's voice? And honestly, one of the best um, answers to that is sometimes we're just not sure. Okay? Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 it's not going to be on the screen, but it says this little phrase, we see in part and we hear in part. So sometimes we just, we're not seeing or hearing complete things. And so we need to be okay with the fact that we're not going to know for sure 100% every single time if something was from God or not. Or if we're just, a lot of us, probably the most common thing I hear often as someone's trying to learn to hear God's voice is like, I don't know if I'm just making this up or not. Okay, here, three things to help you know if you're not making something up. We test Everything that we hear with three primary things. One, I've already addressed it multiple times. One is the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. Uh, God will never speak something to us that is against scripture, that is against the word of God. He will not tell us something that is against scripture. Okay, if someone comes out of a prayer time and says, you know what, I really just need to hold a grudge against that person for what they did for me, did to me. And you know what you can say because you love them is, no, God did not say that to you. Uh, I'm going to get more serious. It's like, well, I think because, you know, me and my girlfriend, we've already decided we love each other. I think it's okay that we sleep together. I think that's what God wants me to do is speaking to me. The answer is no, that's not what he's saying to you because of what is already clearly defined in Scripture, what's holy and what's pure. God just came out of time with God, and God told me to divorce my spouse. Now, this very complex topic that Jesus addresses, but on the whole, it's like, mm, 
God says some other things about that. Of course, there's healing, there's forgiveness for anybody that's ever walked through that. Of course, please don't mishear me, but we just need to be sure that we're carefully testing anything that we feel like we're hearing with clear biblical teaching and what sound word of God says. Amen? Okay, we test it, um, secondly, with the character of God. Everybody say the character of God. Are these three things on the screen? Um, so the word of God, the character of God, and the people of God. Let me talk about the character of God, one and two, that really go hand in hand. But I'll give you a great example. <laughs> Someone comes out of a time with God, and God spoke this scripture to me, and I think I need to do it. It's from Leviticus chapter 19, where it talks about getting a pig. And, and <laughs> Sorry, I can't even keep going. Um, and I need to do that right now. I need to get, that ear, I need to get my earlobe you know, dipped in blood. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Especially if you're reading through our Bible in a year plan. And I'm like, you know, glad we live in a new covenant. Um, you know, maybe God could say, but, you know, it's like, ah. There's something about that that doesn't really match the character, the nature of God right now. And or you take a, a strong um, judgment verse from the Old Testament and try to just quickly apply that, especially to somebody else, you know, the Lord will destroy you, <laughs> because that's what it says in blah, 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 verse. Like, ah, well, maybe there's a rebuke needed, but the character, the nature, the, the tone of, of God's love and mercy, we want to make sure that that's reciprocated in the things that we feel like God's saying to us. Making sense? And then third, this is just so amazing. And here's the deal, guys. We want to be, um, we, we be not just a bunch of individuals following Jesus. Okay? We want to be the church. Yes, there's individuals in this room, but we are the body of Christ, and we need each other, especially with this topic. The ones that get the most off the rails with thinking they're hearing something from, from God and then going you know, off are those that ignore the third one. How do we know if something's from God? Is we test it by talking to the people of God. We test it. You hear something from the Lord. I think God wants me to, you know, start this specific thing in my workplace. Or I feel like God's really giving me this revelation about this unique element of, you know, Lazarus raising from the dead. And here's what I think it means. It, okay, just give random examples. What you do with that, especially the more unique it might be, is you come to believers and you say, Larry, Madeline, Here's what I think God said. What do you think? Does it sound like it could be from God? Now, a lot of us are in, too insecure to take that step, but listen, that'll save you from so much. And why not? I mean, I don't think any of you, like, wake up, want to be wrong. I miss, you know, I thought I heard God, and I didn't. You know, it's like, well, you might as well get a few checks and balances to, to keep you sharp and keep you focused and keep you on the narrow road. Does that make sense? And so that's the beauty of, like, being the body of Christ, actually knowing each other in this room, getting involved in life group and community and like this is because you if you don't if you're not in any of those things then you're not going to have know the people to run to say hey I need I need help am I hearing God correctly and so we need to embrace the beauty of um, the body of Christ. Last thing I want to say is us hearing God's voice and and taking steps in this direction can make a pretty profound impact. In, in other people's lives as we take steps of obedience and as we hear God's voice and as we are trying, you know, like there was 
part of the process of planting this church or part of the process of, you know, most leaders in the body of Christ, like the reason they're doing it is because they felt like not an exact scripture came to their mind, but they were listening to God, trying to live surrender and say, Lord, is there anything you're speaking? And then he begins to speak a city. And then they, people follow that voice and say, Lord, is this you? They test it. And, and in a sense, this church is a fruit of trying to hear God's voice and moving to a city that never been to before. And so we just we want to take this seriously because it affects our own personal relationship with God. It's a game changer. It makes us come alive in him. But also there are other people on the other side of us obeying the Lord, hearing his voice. It can make a really big impact. Amen. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in, a, in an activity of practicing to hear God's voice. And, band, why don't you just play but don't, don't sing just yet. There's a couple um, questions that will be up here on the screen. And I want you to practice what I just told you by first, like, stilling your mind and your heart. If there are some distractions coming up in your mind right now, such as, you know, when is the service going to be over, <laughs> or what am I going to eat, or who's going to win the football game tonight? You know, let, and I, just this is more important than that. Okay, it's more important than your lunch. I promise. You learn to hear God's voice. It's more important. So just just talk, be honest with the Lord. The Lord, I'm distracted by that. And clear that out. And then there's a couple things I want you to do. I want you to ask God to speak to you. So Lord, will you speak to me? And again, just be still before Him. That second one is big. Lord, is there anything that's hindering me from hearing your voice? Some of you, you might have memories come to your mind. Write it down. That last one's really simple. What do you want me to know? So just let's practice this. Okay, so be still before the Lord. Ask him these questions. Write down what comes to your mind.